All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Castillo, and I'm here with a, another special treat here. I got another professional athlete. Last time I had uh, Reggie Grant, who's an NFL, former NFL player. Today, I got former Major League Baseball player and pitcher Arnie Costell. He's, he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got his own website. He does a bunch of things. And I can talk about it for here in, in a little bit, but I don't want to take any of his thunder because when you go to his website, arniecostell.com, he's got so much stuff going on there. It's like, I don't even want to take away from any of that because I, I want him to talk about all that stuff. And like I said, for my podcast, it's either veterans or people who impact the veteran community. And Arnie has impacted the veteran community on Veterans Day. And he spoke on Veterans Day and he's had some friends who's been through Vietnam and things. And he, he's going to share a story with us a little later and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pulls on the heartstrings. So you might want to get your tissue boxes ready because it, it pulled, it, it'll pull mine, I'm sure. And granted, he didn't do that, but he was a huge supporter and he supports veterans like, like no other. And that's why he's on the podcast today. But uh, other than that, Arnie, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about you and uh, what's going on and what, what you've been up to and things like that. Well, aside from all of this garbage of COVID, <clears throat> we need to be way more positive. You know, there's a big phrase going around now, COVID burnout. Well, you can choose to be burnt out or you can fight it. And I'm fighting it. Uh, every now and then, it affects me. I grew up in Long Island with pretty much just my mom in the 60s, my brother and sister. And we never had a lot of money, but I was never short on anything because I, I had so much love and from my mom. Uh, she was just an amazing woman. And unfortunately, but I always tell people it wasn't really. She passed away a week after I turned 21. But... For 21 years, I had the most amazing mom who taught me how to stand on my own two feet, to always reach higher and higher, and you can achieve whatever you desire. And I carried that through my whole life. There's nothing I can't do. And I really do believe that. And you'll see me do this a lot. I pull my left ear because my mom used to have such a superstition. So anytime I mention something that's in relation to her, I'm doing this. People go, what are you doing? But it's, it's the way I am. And, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I played baseball. I was a first round draft choice of the Detroit Tigers in 1970 or 71. I don't even remember anymore. You know, my ginkgo biloba hasn't kicked in yet. And, uh, <laughs> and, I was able to throw a baseball harder than most people. I was, and I know everybody likes to say how hard they threw, and most of them are full of crap, to be quite honest. But there was a big article about me coming out of high school, how they use triangulation and everything. I was throwing at 102 coming out of high school, and that's hard. And I was also at a disposition of one of those people that just swallowed razor blades. Like my hemorrhoids were hurting the whole time. I was mean and I feasted on that. I, 
That's the way I was. You know, it was a, being a street kid. We were in the streets. Everything revolved through the schoolyard from our handball, our stickball, playing dice in the corner. It's what you would envision, but it was fabulous. It was such an amazing time to grow up. And, of course, then there was that the drawdown of Vietnam. It was a pall that was over us. I didn't really understand it except what I saw on the news. And when you think back, they would say, you know, on the news, well, uh, 1,100 uh, North Vietnamese were killed and only seven Americans. Well, it's when you think that you had to throw the word only. If you were a parent of one of those Americans, it wasn't an only anymore. And it was horrible, Eric. And and then I remember, and no one understood why we were there. And, and I knew a lot of people who were a little bit older than me went over there. And the, uh, when they came back, they weren't people anymore. They would never come out. They would never do anything. And it was just, they, they, they died over there, but no one told them. And they were just, just existing. I hope, I really do, that maybe through the period of time, they made a transformation of the, of what they saw. I mean, 18 year old kids, I, I don't even want to think of the horrors. And like I said, there was one person in particular who, this is a tough one for me. His name was Terry Jordan. And Terry Jordan, I'm going to say, was a, he was a bad guy. We called him hoodlums. Like he would, he, you know, like if you saw Terry walking down the street with one of his friends, Jimmy Verderosa, you'd walk on the other side because he just might walk up to you and punch you in the face for no reason. He was what we called hoodlums. So I didn't like him. And I'll always remember one day I'm home and I'm reading Newsday. And I read the sports and I'm reading it all. And then I turn to the front page and, you know, my mom left it out for me because she knew we were going to read it. And uh, all of a sudden I see I went to a high school called MacArthur High School. MacArthur High School grad missing in action. And he was later, it was later changed to KIA. But it said that his name, Terry Jordan, and whatnot. So I remember when I brought the paper back to my mother, she started crying. And I said to her, Ma, what are you crying for? What you just told me about Terry Jordan. And I said, Ma, he was a bad guy. He would punch us in the face. He would beat us up. It was, And then she said to me, you didn't know. I go, what are you talking about? And she told me a story. One day she was walking home from the stores with two uh, things of groceries. And as she walked by Terry Jordan's house, he lived about four or five blocks from us. You know, all the houses were in a row. He stopped her and said, ma'am, Mrs. Costell, let me take those packages. So he took the packages and he walked and carried them to my house. He didn't want anything. He just did not want my mother to have to carry those packages. And she told me that story. She, she, you know, we had no money, but she offered him a dollar or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. No, I can't take anything. She said, you didn't know. So 
I kept thinking of that. And how my mother was so affected. And I kept thinking of the nature of Terry Jordan. How, how many people I'm thinking are even thinking of Terry Jordan today? And the few people that are, are probably not thinking of him in a good light. And I hope now, by me telling this story, Terry Jordan's name goes out to the universe. He paid the ultimate sacrifice in Vietnam. And I heard it was doing something heroic. Whether it, it doesn't even matter, but that's what it was. And so that's where it, it always, I think of Hamoa. And he's someone I would never have thought of except in this horrible, horrible life. I don't even sometimes like to tell the story of how bad he was in my mind because he really was. But now it's a different person. And I could still see him. I could still see him. He was a skinny kid with blonde hair. And, you know, he was in the 60s. And, you know, and he was he was just, you know, what is what big what we used to call, you know, high-heeled shoes with, with taps on them. I mean, it was – that's Terry Jordan. And now what I like is the fact that Terry Jordan's name is in the universe in a yep. positive – a positive state. He's on your show. You will now think of Terry Jordan or yourself because you probably understand what he went through. Yeah. And Vietnam. that's uh, a lot of um, people who aren't in the military um, don't really understand sometimes that when you join, yeah, you can join, do four years and get out and not even have to go across the water to deploy. But the moment you sign that contract, you're signing a blank check. You're signing a blank yeah. check to defend the, the the Constitution of the United States and to defend the freedom of Americans. And if that requires you to sacrifice your life selflessly, that's what you, you have to do that. You're expected to do that. And I know personally, I put myself in those situations. I'm still here. But um, there are others, unfortunately, who do not. And I, I, I kind of question the morality and the integrity of some of those um, people who I was with, not speaking ill of them, it's just I feel that you know you you signed up to sign a blank check, not not to just go and get tax free money and come back. Like you're going to because you're there for a purpose, you know, and yeah. you have to be willing to lay it down at any time. And I actually had people who would not go out the gate with me because even for for any of my soldiers or counterparts who I'm who are listening now, I would always say if you're coming with me, we all come back or we all don't. There's no, oh, I bring back one here. No. Or, oh, no, I couldn't get him back. No. It, we're all going to go out there and we're all going to come back in one piece or we're all going to stay out there and we're all going to die out there because that's that's a band of brothers. That's the way it's supposed to be. And there was people who didn't choose to go out with, with me in that. And I respected that. I didn't hold it against them. I was just like, you know, okay, you can go with them over there. That's fine. Just uh, if, if you find yourself by yourself, um, I hope that you can find your way back. Because if you're with me, we're staying with you and we're all going to come back. You know, that, and that's, that's, I think, the, 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 the thing that a lot of civilians don't understand. And then when you go do that and, you, and it, it changes you, um, 
it, it, it changes your mind. It changes your body. Like it, it changes your emotions. Like my emotions were shut off for ever since after 2003, uh, my emotions were shut off in Afghanistan. That, that was, uh, that was my first combat deployment. And that was every, it seemed like the light switches flipped off and every deployment became easier because I didn't have those emotions tied to when I was going outside, I was there to do a job and it was either kill or be killed. And that was the mentality I had. Now I wasn't ruthless or aggressive and doing unnecessary killing. I didn't do that. I was very careful. I was always, uh, you know, there was times where I probably could have shot someone, but I didn't because the, the escalation of force didn't require it to. And that required a high level of discipline from me and from what I was taught. Uh, and then from what I taught my soldiers, as, as well, you know, just don't quit. Don't be quick to pull the trigger because once you pull it, that bullet's gone. And if you make a mistake, now you're going to your ass is going to be in a handbasket and there's nothing I can do for you. You know, so it, it, it's having that that type of thing. And when you come back to civilian society, you kind of look around and you're like looking at things like, geez, like you see people in the grocery stores, you see people doing this fighting on Black Friday. Like I, I always take a moment like on holidays to to pay respects to the people because there's people there right now there's soldiers deployed right now people in afghanistan iraq um africa the horn of africa you got special operations delta force all those guys they're doing stuff they're constantly doing stuff and and it gets overlooked you know so like if especially this christmas for those who have christmas dinner and you guys do a prayer i i want to try to make a suggestion Take a take a moment and honor those guys who were right now across the water, allowing you to have Christmas dinner and open your presents. Because I've been deployed during Christmas when you don't have nothing and you get a care package. Uh, one one deployment it was 2010. We actually got a Christmas we got a Christmas tree together and put it in our tent, and we celebrated Thanksgiving because I wanted to bring that holiday to us because we were in the best conditions. So you, we I, I tried to lift it up for those guys and. This, it's you know it's one of those things that just pay respects to those men and women who are over there this holiday season, especially New Year's and stuff like that, because they're right there. They're, that that blank check is is at the bank right now, and they don't know if it's going to be cashed or not. Oh no, it's it's amazing what you're saying. I remember a friend of mine who was in the he was in the service, and he came back, and then he he was in the reserves, thinking he'd never get deployed again. And he got deployed and he was at the Baghdad airport. And I remember when he came back, he was really skitterish and, and he was telling me stories. He said, you could set your watch by the mortar rounds. He said they would rig up, they put explosives on little dogs and send them into the compound. And he he said it was just beyond it. It's something when you see man's, inhumanity towards the everything it's a horrible thing like what you're talking about so if anything that i say i always want i I, sometimes if i see a a serviceman and he's just by himself i just walk over and shake his hand say thank you and you could see sometimes they're just so moved by it and other times i guess they, they, I don't know if they even hear sometimes because they're, they are in a different world. And it's, it, it, it makes me feel sad that this is what we're going on. And, you know, if, a, if there was an alien 
flying over our planet. He would think sometimes looking at some sections of the world, how horrible we are. But you're doing something in, in the name of righteousness, of trying to do something that's honorable, even though its result is sometimes not always what we like. And for that, I salute you and thank you, my friend. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I, I do the same thing because sometimes, most of the time, you 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 can spot a veteran even if they're not wearing a hat. You can you can yeah, just absolutely. you can tell they they have a look. Um, and not all the time you can't see them, but you can tell by like the type of pants they wear. Or because me, I love five eleven tactical cargo pants and shorts. I love their pants and shorts. They're so comfortable. So like I'll have that, and <laughs> maybe I'll wear a black shirt or I got like a grunt style t shirt on. Or, you know, like I got like a camel hat on or something. And most veterans yeah. will wear something like that, you know. Yes. But the, and I'll take the time to go. But but the ones I really go out of my way for are the ones that are wearing the Vietnam hats, uh, Korean War hats. I stop what mm-hmm. I'm doing and I just go tell them thank you. Even if it's at the grocery store, at the gas station, doesn't matter because that was a different fight than what it is now. Like there's, there's two different eras of uh, of combat, like. That it's not the type of combat where we have now, where I was uh, field artillery and I I killed people from thirty miles away. They were up yeah. close, hand to hand, like doing things. And so, like I make I, I go out of my way to just tell them things, especially because they they're proud of that. And I encourage a lot of and then I know Vietnam veterans they they kind of got the short end of the stick. So I always try to encourage um, them to be proud of what they did because. They, they they serve. And granted, yeah, it probably wasn't the best idea at the time, but they did it and they should be proud of their service. Um, I even, I even you know Eric, I find they are proud of it, but they never talk about it. Mm-hmm. They will never talk. I'll always remember my neighbor, other neighbor who went over, uh, uh, Jim Caparell. And, and Jim Hurley, two of my neighbors went over. They were, they were older than me. And when they came back, they were, they, they would never, they, they didn't even want to see you. One time when I saw Jim Hurley come back, who was my brother's was friends with his younger brother. And I waved at him when he was walking out of the door. He waved back. And you could see he just turned around and went right back in. He, they just don't want to be around anything. They don't want to talk. They don't. And I really hope that all these people are somewhat better today. And, and I'm 68. So these guys are in their seventies, you know, but they're better off today. And that's why and also- I know. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and I know. Terry Jordan is. Terry Jordan is in a great spot. He's probably looking down on me going, if I get a shot, I'm going to punch you in the face. And he's laughing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're saying all nice stuff about me, and I, I'm not sure I like that. You he's going to be waiting for but, you. And when you come up, he's going to go, hey, Arnie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of guy he was. And, and like, come on in. Let's but but I learned with you. <laughs> yeah, but I learned you can't judge people until you know them, until I've been in his situation, which I never was. But my mom, 
was just crying because that's the way she was. So, you know, and uh, it's just, it's a sad thing. And I hope that anyone who's listening to me, honestly, if they do need anything to talk about off of the website, you can contact me. I will call you. I will get a hold of you. I will do what I can. I'm not a professional therapist, but I'm a street knowledgeable person. Uh, You know, I I actually have a bench in in Marina Del Rey. They put a plaque on called Arnie's Bench because I I, I talk. People want to know anything about relationships, about their children, about sports, about you name it. And, and And I'll tell them. And, you know, like, you know, like I said, that's why when I mentioned about COVID burnout, people are coming up to me all the time. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing it. But guess what? I'm honored that they're they're trying to seek help through me. And I've also learned if I can help someone, you know what that does for me? Mm-hmm. It gives me such a wonderful feeling. And that's why doing this with you is 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 a special thing. No, and I, I appreciate it. I do. When Reggie said that he um uh can reach out to you and have you on. I was like, oh, that was super. I was like, oh, I appreciate it. you both are amazing. And it's been great getting to know you guys. Reggie's a yeah. cracks me up. He's hilarious. <laughs> oh, he's he he is so amazing, Reggie. I, I met him. I had a little bit of a falling out with the baseball union and I was coming to do some other work. And I, I you know, and I came up here, I met him. We hit it off. He, he did a, uh, he's made my website. He's done a, a virtual gallery for me with, uh, another, uh, ball player called Athletes and Art. And it, it's just all the things that he does. And he does it just to, because that's who he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you do know Reggie and I, I could tell that right away. So, uh, <laughs> uh where, where in California are you now? Uh, actually, I'm I'm up north. I'm in uh, Vancouver, Washington, but I'm actually from California. I'm from Los Angeles. So, oh, when you want to dive into Los Angeles, I'm from Hawthorne, right by the airport. So we can go a little deeper okay. there. <laughs> so, yeah, Island, but you know it's it's Hawthorne. <laughs> oh no, no. You want to know something? It's it's just it's great. You know, and and when you look back, I love looking back. And the way I grew up and all of that, I just love it. And, and I, like I said, we never had a lot of money. I couldn't play little league, mm-hmm. but I never was ever hungry for anything. And that's due to my mother. My, and I, you know, and I tell people I'm a mama's boy and, uh, you know, and I still love to play baseball. I still love to, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself. At 68 years old, I'm finding the things that float my boat. And that's the thing that hopefully I can instill if someone needs help, how to let them find the things that float their boat. You know what I'm saying? That can do it. Because we, whatever we write, we write our own destiny. And that is, and you can write it as being garbage, you know, always woe is me. Or you can write it in a positive, happy sense. 
And, and it takes as much to write it, the destiny, positive as it does to be negative. You know, no, none of us like this garbage. I hate wearing a mask. My voice is, is, is gravelly, everything. But you want to know something? Complaining about it is not going to get it, anything done. We're still going to have to wear it. And this is what I try to, you know, and hopefully maybe with a veteran, I'll never understand what it's like to be on the ground with bullets flying over your head. Okay, and knowing that you might have to kill somebody, but hopefully I can touch them in a way that they'll they'll look at it in a in a different sense, and that's why I'm saying, and I'm serious. I don't care who you are; you don't have to leave your name. You can just say this is an email address uh, or whatever it is. Here's my number, and uh, this is what I need, and I'd be more than happy to help them. That's more than happy. Super awesome, and you know, not and not a lot of people do that. Um, and I'm grateful that you've extended no. that out, and I'll make sure that I, I re and I'll reshare that as well, and repost that out also, so that way uh, the veteran community knows that hey, look, you got you got someone here, you know, uh, who's willing to help. And it's just it's finding those people, you know, it's finding people like you and Reggie, and kind of pushing them out there and you guys are doing great things. And, you know, it's always on who, you know, you know, and that's just the, the nature of the game. It's on who, you know, to where yes. you want to get, you know what I mean? So, and, and it's, it's not necessarily in a, it's not a bad way. It's just, you know, like I got to know Reggie to talk to him. And then now because of him, I know you, but because of, right. because exactly. of, uh, and, and, and it's a, and it's a, it's a, it's a trend. And because of Reggie, uh, well, because I, how I met Reggie is through someone named Tim Burley. So because of Tim, so it's like it's a domino effect of things, and, and that's what people need to understand. It's just it's it's networking, and it's who you it's who you talk to. And I know for a veteran, it's hard sometimes to talk because we don't want to talk. Without a question, you don't want to talk. That's what I've learned. That's what I've learned. You don't want to talk. You don't want to open up. You know, because mostly if you do open up. You know, and people don't understand. So many people will will ask you some stupid question. You know, how many people did you kill? Something that doesn't renaissance with your thinking. You're trying to forget. Uh, So it's, uh, and once more, I can't understand it. I wasn't in the position. But if I can help you, I will do more than what I can. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's just, I, I give to certain charities and the ones that I give to are the ones that I can't watch. I give to, you know, St. Jude's hospital and I was doing wounded warriors until I found out, or at least I heard that a lot of the money wasn't going to them. I didn't understand that. I understand it's been changed. Yeah, I, I know, know. it like a huge overhaul. There was a whole bunch of like yeah. scandals, money laundering things, and right, right, exactly what I had heard. And uh, and so now I want to start going back and giving to them. And then I'm not making a lot of money. I mean, you know, I'm an old curmudgeon <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and uh, you know, and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do so many different things: public speaking. Uh, Selling artwork, which would be that would be one of my ultimates is trying to sell some artwork. And it's just, you know, whatever can be done. 
And that's why uh, even we, we were going to donate some of the artwork from this Edison Art of Reggie's. Uh, uh, hold on one second. So you, uh, you'll just look at It's just been amazing. And talking to you has relaxed me. I feel good. I had a tough night sleeping last night, and, uh, and I didn't know what we were going to talk about. And, uh, and I saw you, you that you had Facebook me, so I accepted it. And uh, so it's uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to, to doing more work with you and things. You need you might need somebody to speak, you know, to certain people. I'd be more than happy to do that. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. More than happy. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. Like, I was like, because I was looking up, because I was gonna, I was talking to Reggie. I was like, well, Reggie, I need like a bio and a picture. He's like, here, here's his website. Go get it. And he's like, go find a picture. And I was like, all right. So I was like, well, I was looking and I was with my girlfriend. I was like, which picture should I use? I was like, is this one? I was like, he's extra young over here with the baseball. And that's when we found the Dodger one on baseball. I was like, was he a freaking Dodger? I was like, <laughs> I was like let hey, me man. tell you, Eric, I have to be honest. The sound went down. I don't know how to change it. I'm afraid to touch it, so I can still. No, hear you're good. You. I hear you. Uh, okay, but and you can hear me, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I I root for the Mets. That's who I grew up. I was a diehard Mets fan. I hated the Yankees, but of course, when I played for them, <laughs> I now I root I root for the Mets. I root for the Yankees. And I root for whoever plays the Dodgers. <laughs> Just so you know, I know that. And I have such dear friends, people like Jerry Royce. All these people are my dear friends. And they go crazy with me. Oh, But that's oh. the way the game's played. Look at you. I'm looking at you. you, you you're shuddering when I said that. My, my brain just stopped. Like every dialogue, and you said against the Dodgers, I just went, and I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> is funny. That is funny. And but you know, we won, and it's you know, like we won. <laughs> yes, you we did. Won. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, but you know, it's funny when I see people with Boston Red Sox hats on, I go boo, and then <laughs> then we start talking, and and Dodger fans are great fans. Uh, Red Sox fans are great fans, and it's just I love people who have passion for whatever it is. I'm a Met fan, you know. I did a painting called "Dreams of a Young Left Hand," and my friends are diehard Yankee fans, and it shows a young kid and he's looking out at Koufax. Koufax was my idol, my oh, idol growing up. Awesome picture, you know. And so I have. I, I, it's from the back. You could see, a, 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 you know, a young young kid with his glove, a left hander. He's got, and then pictures of Koufax, and on the bottom is a New York Met hat. My friend said, "Arnie, you screwed up. It's you played for the Yankees, but you have a Met hat." I go, "It's my dream. <laughs> it's my dream. I always wanted to play for the Mets." That's awesome. Um, yeah. Now, as we as we carry along here, I know that you. You spoke on Veterans Day with that event that was held yes. uh, with the welcome. Let me hold that, on. Let me was... get Reggie to to, to make the, the noise, the the sound louder. Uh, one second. Oh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, folks, as you see, technical difficulties happen. 
when someone wants to call. What could you do? He's a nice guy, though. I like him. It's funny. Even though the Dodgers are better, just know that. <laughs> see what's going on here i'm over here trying to lean my head like i can see around the corner so i hope everyone's having a great day so far christmas try and fix it what's that guys oh see you can't hear it and i didn't want to touch it I hear you. Always, right? Oh, there it goes. There's Reggie, everybody, again. <laughs> okay. Is it louder again? Can, can I hear you now? Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Can make it any louder? Okay. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. What were you going to awesome. say there, Eric? You were talking? Oh, I was talking just kind of quiet while you were gone, saying, you know, kind of doing my own little dialogue, saying, oh, Dodgers are better, and oh. things like that. <laughs> just kind of just <laughs> You're a good man, my friend. I'm not holding myself. it against you. <laughs> I was having a little conversation with myself, you know, technical difficulties, and you know, Dodgers are better. He's a nice guy. And, uh, you know, just... <laughs> you know, i tell you so, what. It's so amazing how Reggie knows me. I hate these these zoom calls and things only because of the fact i'll be on and all of a sudden reggie will go we can't hear you unmute your mic i go reggie i don't even know where the microphone is i said i didn't touch it so yeah and then he's got to call me and tell me how to do it it's like my it's like my grandma she's she's in her uh late 80s early 90s and she does not know how to uh, download the pictures when you send them to her on the phone. Oh. So she just leaves them in the text message. So, or she'll like uh, with the speakerphone, she'll put the speakerphone, but yet still try to talk, but then get mad because then it hurts her ear because she's she speak English. <laughs> so like, hilarious. Her in a phone is the funniest thing to watch. And then she just gets mad and hangs up and puts it down. <laughs> Well, you know what it is, it's Eric? Hilarious. I play sometimes dumb like a fox. I, I I, could do it, but I know when I'm touching the cell phone, I, I could knock us off the same way he did. So that's why I just wanted But I do play dumb like a fox when it comes. I just don't like it. I, you know, I'm 68, right. but I'm still in the realm. I'm not a dummy. I have a degree in psychology from Columbia because I had to sign a contract oh, nice. with my mother that I would – uh, well, the, my degree is from Stony Brook, but I took classes at Columbia also. And, uh, you know, that I would finish my education and I'm proud of it. And it's just, right. it is what it is. Right. And then um, before before our difficulties, I was I was talking about the um, how you spoke on Veterans Day with that uh, that event that went down, the partnered with WelcomeHome.Vet. And how, how did you... How did you feel like talking through that? Like when you had to talk to veterans, it was kind of like a, almost like a motive, like a speaker it, platform. So kind of, I, I felt very, very good at the end because if I felt like I did something positive while I was doing it, 
it was tough because I get choked up and I'm a proud person and, you know, we're not supposed to cry and we're not supposed to do this. But when I start thinking about some of the things that they went through and I start thinking of my mom and I start thinking of Terry Jordan and Terry Jordan in my, he would be the last person I would ever think about if you ask me this, you know, way back when that Terry Jordan would be somebody that I would be wanting to promote. And, you know, it was really interesting. I love to throw a baseball against the wall and I go down a venison throw and in the handball courts and they had the, the portable uh, wall, you know, uh, from Vietnam and they set it up in Venice. And the first person I went was to see Terry Jordan's name. First person. And, you know, and I, and I did the scratching of it, you know, so that I could get an imprint from it. Uh, it, Who would think that Terry Jordan in my life would crisscross like this. And it was Mm -hmm. all because of this young man's service above and beyond the call of duty and giving the ultimate sacrifice. And I felt I, 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 how saddened I am that people like Terry, people like yourself, people like that you've seen, people that have served are just, no one's really looking to do anything. They don't understand it. You know, the VA, my friend goes to the VA and, you know, he talks highly about it, but I could see that. that, that he's just a number to him. Yeah. And, in, and that bothers even with that, like it, it depends too on who you get at the VA and what VA you go to. Like it, it, it depends on the person. Like, and I've learned that like, I don't, I personally don't like to label a VA, like say, Oh, that's a crappy VA because there are good people in there. Like my endocrinologist, Amy, she's amazing. And she works at the VA. She's so, she's so caring and she's so uh, thoughtful and even the, the, the therapists that I see, they're really good. Doc, uh, Todd Harms. And then, uh, I can't remember her name. I just called her the pill lady because she prescribes right. my medication. Right. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not really not uh, the individual people yeah. are probably just amazing. It's, it's the political crap that you have to yeah. go through. It's yes. our, the government just doesn't do what they're supposed to. I don't want to get into politics or anything. Yeah. But they don't do enough. There's a there's more. Yeah. Yeah, no, there 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 could be more. And and that's why like, you know, when we have events that, that you went to with Reggie and just different things that I see and I, I try to find different veterans, you know, because this is like or people like you who help because it's a this is a yeah, it's a podcast show, cool, but it's also a healing platform as well. And it also makes right. someone sharing their story that much easier because the more you share it, the more you accept it, the more it becomes a part of your story and not saying you won't choke up because it's okay, but it's just, now it's just easier to talk about instead of just shunning away from it and now at, and then now festering on it. So that that's why I do it is just to provide that, that platform for people. So as you talk about Terry, that's now another release for you so that way now it's just it just became that much easier to talk about 
and what I hope that other people who maybe have served know it, Terry, and then they might think something highly of the of the, the person they're thinking of. They might be a Terry Jordan. Do you know what I'm saying? And and that and they're in a situation that maybe it'll make them feel better. And if you can help somebody who's done so much, and we we just don't accept that we're not doing that as a, as a, as a country i mean it's changing it is changing but it's it's still something that has that there needs to be more there needs right. to be more done and i would love that's why i said i would i want to offer my services to anyone who needs help and if i can help you you can bet your bottom dollar i'm going to give it the the best try i can that's and that, and that's all anyone can really ask for, you know, is just sure. to give. That's all anyone can ask for. And if if people and if it's and if not, then I know that you have someone a resource saying, hey, you know what? I gave it my all. Here, let's go this way because I've done that because there's sometimes there's problems that I personally can't uh fix. Try my best, yeah. and I see that it's still not going. So I was like, okay, you know what? Here, let me let me pass you to this person here because they might be able to empathize with you just a little bit more. You know, and then that and then that could do it. You know, and it's just again, it's all, all on who you know. Well, I, I so. think you're doing an amazing thing here with what you're doing, and I will be I would be willing to bet without ever seeing any the, any anything that you have helped numerous people because you've been there. You're not talking the talk, you've walked the walk. You've done it, you've seen it with your own eyes, you felt it with your own essence you've smelled it it's all of this you see i get crazy you can hear how passionate i get on certain things that's that's why even the way i play ball i talk about playing ball i you know i still love to play and i was playing in these men's leagues the problem is i play like a jerk i play to win you know if you want to come out you want to play to get away from your wife or get away from your kids and drink beer or whatever that's fine i play to win and that's mm-hmm. the way I always have been. It's the passion yeah, so that carries it. And you mm-hmm. have that too, Eric. I could tell that right away. So No, I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> so um as as we get close to wrap this up here, um what's uh what's something for veterans that you wanna leave them like if you could I, tell them like just a statement, what would it be? The statement that I would leave them is Always believe in yourself. Do not look at anything that you've done that will drag you down. Instead, the things you've done, look at them as helium balloons that are lifting you up. They're not lead weights around you. They are something that you have done, and most people will will be proud of that. There's nothing that you've done that you have to hide in the corner of, of, of your mind in, 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 in with demons. And if that's the case, you just need a way to find a, a release for them. That's what I'd like people to know. There is a release for them. Yep. That's true. And that's perfect. And there is, and sometimes it just takes a little longer to find, that really yes. I know it took me a while. It took me a while, and 
I, I, I am still looking for something. I was about to say, you're probably still finding certain things that something will happen, it'll trigger something, and then you need to, to, to go back and reformulate yourself. Right. And it's just, and I'm still looking. And even still, sometimes when I get asked, what do you like to do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I like to do. I, I don't know. And it takes a second for me to populate things on what I like to do because it's just what happened. It's just what it is. But um, I, I appreciate you, Artie, for coming on. And, you know, it, it was great. It, it, a privilege it to was have great. You on here. So I have one other thing that I want people to tell to tell the veterans. Go for it. Make a list of everything that makes you feel good. And then make a list of what you're going to do today. Compare the lists, and hopefully they'll start to coincide a little bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? We, we, uh, we, we know what sometimes will make us feel good, but we don't always act on it. Right. It's true. That's, that is. And, it's, and there's always that hesitation that happens, too. Like, uh, Correct. Like, I know... I mean, no, for me personally, like when I go to our little local coffee, little shop down over here, like if I get the instinct or something to buy the coffee for the person behind me, I do it, you know, because for some reason that came into my mind to do it. I was told to do it and they probably need that for whatever reason. They need that gesture for whatever reason. And it's only like two, three dollars. I mean, so it's not like it's breaking the bank. It's not like I'm buying someone a car exactly. or anything like that. Exactly. You're doing, and then you're feeling good. You're feeling good about yourself. Yeah, yeah, I always, every time I do one and I drive away, I always get a little watery because I feel good. I feel happy because you know what? That person is going to get their coffee and be like, what do you mean it's paid for? Because it happens to me. And I'm like, what do you mean someone paid for it? You know? like Pay forward. Pay forward. That's what you got to do in life. That's what life's about. Life is one small. Oh, yeah. So I appreciate you coming on and someone of your stature and stuff. And if you haven't seen his website, it's ArnieCostell.com. He's got stuff on there. You can you can reserve with him. You got he's got his artwork on there. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got all this stuff on there. He's got some pretty cool pictures. I've seen I went there and looked last night. I was looking at my girlfriend. I was like, hey, look at this. It's kind of cool. You know, so I was looking at all your different stuff. There. Thank you, so, Eric. Thank yeah, you welcome. so very much. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that we're looking at the stuff, and then of course, you know, I'll give you a pass about the Dodgers. You you get okay, and I'll give you a pass yeah. about the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on, and everybody, thanks for tuning in. And uh, next time coming up, I got a pretty good guy coming on he was on the tv show quantico uh one of the stars on that show so he's gonna be coming on and he's a veteran so that'll be coming up here pretty soon so guys make sure to stay tuned for that announcement when i post it because he's a nice guy and he was in the surge of iraq so in 2003 so yeah so we had we talked for a long time and he's a great guy and he'll be coming on soon so once we get some stuff worked out with him and he'll be coming on to talk so stay tuned to that Arnie, thanks for having me. Thank you, my friend. And once more, I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you for your service. You know, 
I appreciate it. I just stay humble with it. And I would say I if if it had to do it all over again, without even you thinking, do I'd do it again. You'd do it without again. Make the okay, same decisions in there and everything. All right. Well, thanks, Arnie. Thanks for coming on. And then everybody, thanks for tuning in and see you guys next time. Bye-bye.